On behalf of Bishop Carroll, Bishop Sante, all the priests, sisters, brothers, and seminarians, I want to wish all of you a most happy and blessed Christmas. Epistle point for today's Mass is taken from the Epistle of St. Paul to the Hebrews, chapter 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, last of all in these days, has spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the figure of his substance, and upholding all things by the, pow- by the word of his power, making purgation of sins, sitteth on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath inherited a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels hath he said at any time, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God adore him. And to the angels indeed, he saith, He that maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the Son, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of justice is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved justice and hated iniquity. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou in the beginning, O Lord, didst found the earth, and in the, the works of thy hands are the heavens. They shall perish, but thou shalt continue. And they shall all grow old as a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the selfsame, and thy years shall not fail. And the Holy Gospel. Taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All the things were made by Him, and without Him was made nothing that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to give testimony of the light, that all men might believe through him. He was not the light, but was to give testimony of the light. That was the true light, which enlighteneth every man that cometh into this world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to be made the sons of God, to them that believe in his name, who born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt amongst us, and we saw his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. As many as received him, He gave them power to be made the sons of God, to them that believed in his name. Words taken from the Gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is a story, my dear faithful, of two Japanese orphan girls. 
The first of these girls was named Mimosa Mary, and she was raised at a Catholic orphanage run by Japanese religious sisters. The other orphan girl was named Lotus Flower, and she was a royal princess, raised in a palace with numerous attendants and servants. Mimosa Mary, the little Catholic girl, had a big, happily family and her fellow orphans, and the sisters lovingly took care of all of these children. Most especially, they taught Mimosa the faith and to see our Lord in everything. From the bright sun in the sky that shines on everything, just like God's love embraces all creation, to the new baby orphans in their cribs, like the Christ child in the manger. Little, little Mimosa saw God and his infinite love for her everywhere. Princess Lotus Flower had a very different upbringing, though. Her servants bowed before her everywhere she went, but she had no family, no friends. She was royalty, and in Japanese culture, royalty did not befriend those who were beneath them. These two little girls led very different lives then, but they did share one thing. For it was the Japanese custom at that time that all would wear embroidered coats. These coats were embroidered because each one had pictures upon them that would tell a story or give a poem. Mothers lovingly made them for their children to inspire their child with lessons as well as to show their children how much they are loved. The religious sisters lovingly sewed coats for each of their orphans, including Mimosa. Each coat told its own story, a story of God, of his mother, or of his saints. Princess Lotus Flower, too, had an embroidered coat, but hers never had a story upon it. Her servants did not feel worthy to give a lesson to the princess, and so the person they hired to make her coat was told to simply put beautiful things upon it, like flowers and birds. As time passed, the sisters of the orphanage grew in fame for the coats they made for their children. They were so beautiful and wondrous. And so it happened one day that a royal servant went to the sisters and asked them to make a coat for the princess. The sisters agreed and asked what story they should embroider upon it. But the servant said, oh, none. They just put some flowers and birds upon it. He then bowed and he left after giving his commission. Well, it so happened that Mimosa Mary was there when the servant had given his commission. When she heard that the princess would not have a story upon her coat, she grew sad at this. She thought of the beautiful stories that each of her fellow orphans had on their coats and how much love the sisters gave them in telling and making those coats. And so the little girl went up to the sister and she asked, does that mean that no one loves the princess? 
The sister understood what Mimosa was really saying, and she nodded her head and said, she's a poor little girl. She is an orphan like you, but she has no one to play with. But we are orphans, Mimosa said, and we have people to play with. How can the princess not? But Mimosa, sister said, you are not really orphans, for our Lord and his mother have adopted you. You see, the problem is that only royalty is allowed to play with the princess. Mimosa frowned at this, and she bowed her head as she thought deeply. After a little while, she turned to the sister again, and she asked, May I be the one to embroider the coat for the princess? The sister was surprised at this request because little Mimosa was not the most patient of girls. She did not like sewing, as that took too long and it was so tedious. But sister saw how fervent the little girl was, and so she agreed. Mimosa soon set to work. Carefully, diligently, and lovingly, she told the story of the Christ child on the princess's coat. When all was finished at the left side of the neck, the white star of Bethlehem shone. Beneath it, right above where Lotus's heart would be, Mimosa sewed the infant Jesus in his basket. The little baby's hands were held out wide, as if waiting and hoping to be embraced. By his side, Our Lady sat, with her hand beckoning towards the other side of the coat. For there, Mimosa sewed a tiny castle like the palace. And then, all along the hem of the coat, orphan girls danced upon it, each one with hands reaching out, beckoning towards that castle. When all was finished, Sister saw Mimosa's work and she smiled at it, and the story that was told in it. The coat was sent to the princess, and Mimosa prayed that Lotus Flower understood what she was trying to tell her, for she was really passing on an invitation to come to the orphanage where the family of the Christ child lived. Within a few days, Mimosa had her answer, for one afternoon, the princess showed up at the door of the orphanage, peering inside. Mimosa and all the orphan girls gave a royal welcome to the royal princess. Immediately, they began to play together and have a wonderful time. But there was one problem. The princess had sneaked out of the castle. Soon enough, her disappearance was discovered, and the servants called upon the kingdom's warriors to find the princess, to save her from whoever had taken her away, and to punish anyone who had taken part in it. The warriors raced out of the palace, charging into homes and houses, hunting for the princess. Until finally, they arrived at the convent and found Lotus Flower playing with the orphan girls. 
But this was forbidden. These poor orphan girls were not worthy to be with their princess. Only royalty could play with royalty. Enraged, they were just about to charge in to save the princess from this degradation when a little boy stepped out from the orphans. This boy wore a robe decorated with the sun and the moon and a golden crown upon his head. All around him, a glorious light shone. The soldiers, in the midst of their charge, quickly turned into a tumble as they knelt down before this wondrous child. Their captain stuttered and stumbled an apology, saying, I am sorry, I did not know that here was already a great king. From that day on, the princess played every day at the orphanage, for they knew that royalty lived there. And she and all her court learned to pay homage to the king of kings. And today, my dear faithful, we too pay homage to the king of kings, Jesus Christ, our infant savior. However, unlike poor Princess Lotus Flower, who was too royal to be with her people, our God has left the palace of heaven to come down to us. He is born this day, our God, our Savior, and our friend. Just as Mimosa sewed him on Lotus Flower's coat, he even now reaches his arms out to us, hoping we will embrace him. Every moment of his life is like a new stitch of the story he embroidered, telling us how much he loves us. If only we will receive him, we will, as the gospel says, be made the sons of God. We are made the sons and daughters of God by baptism and sanctifying grace. With this sanctifying grace, our souls are marked with the glory of God. Heaven is then open to receive us. God Almighty smiles upon us, and the angels and saints rejoice to welcome a new brother, a new sister into their family. However, sanctifying grace is not meant to just be in our hearts. It is meant to grow constantly throughout our lives. The infant Christ wishes, he hopes, he longs for us to grow in loving him and in this way grow in sanctifying grace. The most certain means we have to grow in this love and this grace is to receive the sacraments, most especially Holy Communion. Even now, the Christ child and the host, he still reaches his arm out to us, hoping we will embrace him in Holy Communion. And so, my dear faithful, let us always strive to receive our God most worthily in Holy Communion. St. Alphonsus de Liguori, in his book on the Holy Eucharist, explains how one should spend their time with our Savior in this most blessed sacrament. 
First, they must drive out distractions and turn their mind to the real presence of our Lord. We call that this is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, hidden under the appearance of the host. This is our newly born Savior, come to rest in your heart. Aware that we hold the Christ child in our hearts then, St. Alphonsus tells us we should then pray to him. Welcome him into your heart and tell your God of your love for him. And then we ask. We ask him for the graces we need. For he is the King of kings and it is joy to give us gifts. St. Teresa of Avila says that after communion, our Lord places himself in the soul as on a throne of grace. And to each of us he asks, What willest thou that I should do for thee? The Sacred Heart is so filled with joy at dwelling in your soul that whatever grace you ask of him, it will be given to you. Our prayers after communion are thus far more precious and meritorious in the sight of God than when made at any other time because of our close union with our Savior. And St. Alphonsus explains that this is because our Lord has come for the express purpose of granting these graces. Ask of him what you will and as much as you will, and you shall receive all. Pray to the King of Kings for the strength you need to overcome temptation. Beg him for the grace you need to live your life for love of him, for the grace you need to practice charity, to be more patient in trials and difficulties, to be pure according to your state in life. Have confidence in him, trust in him, and he will bless you with so many graces, especially the grace of final perseverance. This Christmas, then, my dear faithful, and every time you receive Holy Communion, Follow the counsel of St. Alphonsus. In this way, you will gain much grace from your Holy Communions, and you will give such joy to the Sacred Heart for how much he longs to spend that time with you. Do not let distractions get in the way, but speak to him then when he dwells with you in your heart. Remember that it is God you receive, and that he comes to bring you good tidings of great joy. For this day and every day you receive Holy Communion is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. May God bless you and may you have a most happy and blessed Christmas. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.